Welcome to the Family Office Secrets Podcast, where we share weekly advanced financial planning concepts, insights, and family office financial planning strategies and tactics. Welcome to the Family Office Secrets Podcast, where we share weekly advanced financial planning concepts, insights, and family office planning strategies and tactics. I'm MC Lobster. I'm joined by Stephen Bell. Stephen, great to see you. Good to see you too. In today's episode, we're going to talk about different types of insurance carriers that exist. So there are stock insurance carriers and there are mutual insurance carriers. And this might not seem like a a really big deal uh, to folks just researching life insurance, but it's actually a pretty important part of of picking the right life insurance carrier. Uh, uh, Stephen, what would you uh, share with folks uh, the differences between uh, stock and life insurance carriers and and, and mutual ins- uh, life insurance carriers? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the, the at the at the high level, it's it's about who they're beholden to. So a stock mutual a stock insurance company stock owned one is beholden to it it's beholden to its stock um owners at the at at a certain level so they have a responsibility to them to operate a certain way and be efficient and show returns and so on and so forth they have a responsibility to their policy owners as well but it's a split responsibility right so they have two different call it two different focuses which is really not a focus right um and then on the mutual side they're really beholden to their policy owners. And that's that's kind of at the really high level, that's the that's the difference. If we start to go down a level from there, you say, okay, well, what does that mean? Why does that matter? Um, it starts to matter when you start to look inside of the product chassis and say, hey, inside of these, there are certain things that the carrier reserves the right to do. Um, so there's guarantees, but aside from guarantees, there's things that that can be adjusted down the road. So you have your your current assumptions, and then you have your you know typically you have maximum assumptions. And what I what I mean by that, and what I'll get straight to, is they can adjust things like cost of insurance, um, participation rates, caps and floors, and some of those and and some of those aspects can be adjusted up to certain points and within certain restrictions. And that's super complicated. That goes down a whole another. <laughs> trail. And so you say, well, if I'm thinking about it again, from a high level for a quick mindset um, shift on this, I'm going to sit there and go, well, who is more likely to pull some of those levers, a company, a carrier that is beholden to me or a carrier that's beholden to both me and a stockholder. And so that sometimes drives recommendations among product is to say, hey, it may not illustrate the best. It may not look this way. But what I really like about it is where the guarantees are and where the guardrails are and where the likelihood is that this product can perform the way that we're hoping. How I look at it too is um, these are businesses, right? So these are life insurance businesses. So um, if you look at what drives the business decisions, like you just mentioned, you know, when you have a mutual insurance company, and most of them have been around since the mid 1800s, <laughs> and they've incredible. shown a profit every single year since the mid 1800s, 
Um, well, what drives the, the business decision that that mutual insurance company makes? Well, they have an extremely long view, long-term view. I mean, we're talking, you know, centuries here. Um, they, they also manage the company for, in the interest, like you said, of the shareholder, which are the policyholders. So every business decision that they make, they think, well, overall, long-term, how does this benefit our policyholders? And when you then look at the other business model, the stock uh, life insurance carrier, well, what what drives business behavior, business decisions and behaviors for them? Well, they're listed on the stock exchanges, so they want more people to buy their stock, you know, because. The more demand that there is for their stock, the higher the stock price goes, the higher the value of the company, um, and the shareholders, the, the current stockholders, everybody's happy. So their business decisions are, are driven by that. So uh, from, from just from my point of view, I can see that some of the business decisions that stock companies are making um, are a lot more risky and a lot more short-term focused and orientated to get a short-term payoff so that they all of a sudden look extremely attractive to someone that would want to buy their stock. Now that leads to taking on more risk. There's no way to take away risk if you're making decisions based on short-term, short you know, trying to drive short-term results and look attractive to the market to buy your, your stock. So um, many folks probably uh, remembered in 2008, 2009, what happened? Well, there was a, a carrier, AIG, which is a stock company that had to be bailed out by the, by the federal government. Well, if you look at the, the business operations of AIG, they were involved in a lot of very, very risky investments because AIG was really trying to drive again. They were trying to look very attractive to people that would want to buy their stock, and they were trying to... Um, you know, they were trying to generate profit and generate profit really, really quickly so that they become more attractive to them. So it's just two different worlds, really. Mm -hmm. They're not operating in the same world. Um, so, you know, obviously from just sharing that, you can tell which way I'm leaning to, you know, <laughs> and business in general, you know, I'd like to partner with folks where and 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 institutions where the interests are aligned. We're both going the same way. And and with mutual insurance companies, the interests are aligned. They they are aligned between the mutual uh, life insurance carrier and then obviously the policyholders, um, which are the shareholders. Yeah. And we talked about it previously, the different uh, product types. I'm not going to refresh that, but you know, when you look at mutual company, whole life product, it's boring, <laughs> it's boring. Yep. And that's a really good thing for a lot of scenarios. And you got, you got sort of values aligned when it comes to the way you use that for, for certain things. So, you know, boring can be very good. Yes, exactly. And we'll share more about different life insurance strategies in future episodes. Um, there's a reason why you want uh, a bore a boring vehicle as part of your strategy too to help you accomplish certain things like for example certainty security uh and so forth usually boring <laughs> vehicles are going to help you accomplish those um as far as strategy and life insurance strategy Stephen has put together 
a presentation in which he shares one of the strategies that we dis, uh, discuss on the show, um, the premium finance life insurance strategy. It's an advanced planning strategy that can turbocharge your wealth transfer. You can check out Stephen's presentation at familyofficesecrets.com. That's familyofficesecrets.com. Thank you.